Good morning, everyone. Coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, it is Inside the Eye Live with the Fed. If it was up to me, I'd dump these ratings tomorrow. Did I just hear someone tell a standing member of Congress that if it were up to them, they would dump the Israelis tomorrow? <laughs> Sounds like something you might hear right here on Inside the Eye Live. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is The Fetch, and you are live inside the eye. Today's date is Saturday, December the 12th, 2020, and a good Saturday morning to all of you listening in the United States and Canada, and a good late afternoon to early evening to all of you listening out there in European and Asian time zones, and of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. Uh, it's been a very nice day here in Riyadh with actually cool temperatures. Uh, temperatures hit, I think, what, 70 degrees, something like that. That was the daytime high. So kind of cool, uh, scattered clouds, uh, sunny skies. Otherwise, uh, not too much breeze, very light, actually, just about seven miles per hour out of the east-southeast. And it's come down quite a bit now with the sunset now. It's sitting at about 64 degrees. And we'll be going down to a, a very chilly 49 degrees in the hour before sunrise. So uh, all in all, just kind of nice. I've actually had to put on some sweats and a sweater to get through this because this particular room is one of the cooler rooms in the house, which is great during summertime, but it's very cold now. Seeing how it's getting close to winter, there's no heaters here. Got air conditioners, but no heaters. So it's kind of chilly inside the house here. It's not like I'm going to die, of course, but it's kind of chilly. Now, if you were listening uh, the past this past Thursday, you would have heard that we actually broadcast from the western port city of Jeddah. And that, again, is uh, about an hour and a half west of the city of Mecca, where the Kaaba is. You've probably heard a little bit about that. I actually wanted to stay a few more days. It was really nice. Before I went to the airport last night, we stopped off at a coffee shop maybe two miles in from the beach. Really, the ocean. They don't have it. I'm sure there's beaches somewhere, but not that I saw. Anyways, two miles in, you had this nice breeze coming in off the ocean. The temperature was fantastic, probably about middle 70s. Humidity wasn't so bad, so it was a very, very, very nice Evening, I actually wanted to just stay. It would have been kind of nice to take in that environment for a little bit, but that wasn't to, to be. So I got to the airport, uh, checked in. We were doing some work in a cafe, you know, actually at Dunkin' Donuts to be exact. And we didn't hear any, any, uh, 
what do you call this? Any announcements coming from the airport? So, you know, we weren't paying attention all that much. And then I said, Hey, you know, we better get over to our plane, dude. We got to go. We end up getting there about seven minutes past half an hour. You know, basically they closed their boarding at half an hour, right? And I'm like, dude, it says final call. Let us on the plane. Well, they, ultimately they didn't let us on the plane, which really sucks. They just don't have, I think really today's aircraft management business, they, they don't have the old school service. Now we, we did experience some great service in Riyadh, but, uh, at the Jetta place that you don't have any announcements at the airport. It's like, it's, I told the guy, I said that, do you guys know how stupid that is? He goes, well, sir, this is a new system here. It's called the quiet airport. I said, so basically, what are we supposed to do? We're we're supposed to go track down and stand in front of something all the time just to see the time and make sure everything is okay just for you guys? I said, is, shouldn't we be like you serving us type of stuff? And, well, you're late. You're late. So anyways, my bags ended up staying in Jeddah. I booked the next flight out that we could get. And we had to send some people to the airport this morning to retrieve all of my bags and send them on the next flight ASAP. I didn't get my bags until, I don't know, about 4 or 4.15 this afternoon. And, of course, that was important because all of my radio gear, the rig was on that inside of that bag, so I was able to get the bags get home. And, fortunately, we are able to actually still proceed with the show. Otherwise, I have nothing to work with. I don't have any spares. So last night, like 3 o'clock in the morning, I actually ordered spares. I'm going to have a spare. Uh, my system is always to have spares. You never know when something happens. And so I bought another mixer last night. I haven't bought a microphone yet. I'm deciding what microphone I'm going to get, whether it's going to be a USB. I'll probably get something very nice. But uh, we're going to have spares, guys. We're not going to allow that to happen again. Oh, if you saw the story about some woman... A young gal, family, she's probably in her 20s, mid-20s, you know, upper 20s, something like that. She has a two-year-old daughter flying on United Airlines. And the United Airlines staff is so stupid, so petty, so ignorant, so obnoxious, they kicked them off the plane because a two-year-old wouldn't wear a mask. And really... When I look at the stupidity that is going on around me, I'm almost to the stage where this has to have a militant solution. You just can't deal with idiots like inside of, uh, uh, you know, like inside United Airlines behaving like this. And you know, United Airlines was so callous. They're a garbage people, by the way. United Airlines is filled in my, all my days of flying in, in the United States. United Airlines was a traditionally garbage filled airline. I hated flying United Airlines. I would take anybody if I could. I just found the personality, the culture of the people inside of United Airlines to be some of the worst, disgusting people I ever experienced flying with. I hated those guys. And see, not much has changed now. So this family, young family, they've been, they were kicked off the plane. And like me, where I couldn't get on the plane yesterday, the bags, in this case, United didn't even take the bags off the plane. At least, at least, uh, I'll give the the company yesterday. They when we did not get on the plane, they took the bags off the plane. They didn't just send the bags on. But United 
being arrogant, garbage-filled people. They sent all of this couple's bags to New York. They sent the baby carriage stuff and all the things for the baby on to New York. This is the callousness of the cowards that are sucking up to this fraud called COVID-19. We honestly, folks, do not have anything remotely close to that here in Saudi Arabia. Nothing close to this level of absolute ignoramus jackass mentality like we saw with United Airlines with this poor young couple this past week. It is really unfortunate. You know, I'll tell you what. I cannot imagine how nice it is here compared to what you guys are experiencing in many parts of the United States right now. There was a meme. I had to explain it to my colleague today because he's not really familiar with American culture and, and, uh, but it was Gilligan's Island. Some of you, most of you, many of you at least probably remembered the sitcom type of thing, Gilligan's Island. And it said, uh, you know, said the bottle came back. What's it say? What's it say, Gilligan? It says, stay where you are. The United States is a complete mess now. Something to that effect. And that's kind of how it is. You know, it's like we have so much totalitarian uh, mind, I guess totalitarian actions, totalitarian people in power in America. And I thought it very funny, you know, talking again to my colleagues here because we talk a lot about politics and they asked me Dennis have you ever been attacked you know they understand I'm kind of strong in what I say they said have you ever been attacked I said actually yes I have I said uh, the last time I got attacked uh, big time on air was uh, something called the Bob, I told him about the Bob Tuscan tussle I said it didn't work too well for the the Jewish community. They haven't really gone after me since. I've been given clear instructions to just do what I do on the air. And uh, I did have a Jewish group. That would be the campaign against anti-Semitism. I didn't tell them the name. That's not important to him. But they did go after me professionally. Uh, Not too soon after the... Mm-mm-mm. What event was that? They, when did they do that? Uh, oh, it was just a couple of years ago, though. So, anyways, there was two years, about two years ago, they went after me. Uh, it didn't work out so well for them. So far, I've been able to stand, but they, everybody here knows my Twitter's down, my YouTube is down, everything is down except for my Gab account, my Minds account is working. I do have a bit shoot account, but as you guys know, I don't do a whole lot of video. I don't do a lot of whole, whole lot of posting to be honest with you. I try to keep it for the most part live. It's kind of a strategic audience. So I'm trying to keep it in that strategic sense in some respects. Anyways, guys, the issue out of all of this is people keep talking about how Trump is this totalitarian, right? And Trump is going to be a dictator. You know, he's going to, I said, but do you, do you guys even understand what you're telling me as an American? I said, we got, we have governors and mayors arresting people for just walking outside or opening their business or having people inside their house. I said, how can you tell me 
that we don't already have a totalitarian martial law type of government in America right now. How can you tell me that? You've got, and then it's, I told them it's even worse in the UK. It's worse in Canada. You've got people saying you're not going to be able to move unless you get vaccinated. And the people here get it too. Nobody wants that damn vaccine. Everybody knows it's death. Everybody knows the vaccines that they're rolling out are death. And then you've got this Jewish CEO over at Pfizer. He's getting his approval from the FDA and Trump is out there selling basically death. Death. That's what Pfizer represents. Pfizer is a death cult company. They are going to kill a lot of people. And I challenge Pfizer, if you really think it is so safe, remove yourself. Remove yourself today from the vaccine protection witness program that you guys are a part of to where everything that you do when you harm people, you're protected and there's no liability for you guys. The second you do that, okay, maybe I'll, I'll kind of say that, okay, I'll give you a pass. But whenever you're such a coward, you're hiding behind uh, basically a, a a syndicate that protects you from your, the harm you cause people. I'm sorry, we cannot we cannot trust you. Nobody should trust these people. So the issue now is that we live in a totalitarian system, at least a lot of parts of America. Martial law is essentially already in place. Yeah, some courts are pushing back, and yes, people are trying to push back. But the fact of the matter is, we live under a martial law state right now. And having spoken with my colleagues today, I say, hey guys, you know, the only thing I can figure Trump is doing is a couple things. He's either playing all of this constitutional stuff out, letting everything flow through the court systems. And if everything fails, then and only then will the guy use the military option, which would then require him essentially to declare some type of martial law. And they're like, oh, that would be very bad for America. That would be, Trump would look like the bad guy. I said, but you don't understand. The American people are living under martial law right now. Many states are under a de facto, uh, de facto condition of martial law. It's true up in Michigan. It's true in New Jersey. It's true out in New York and California and many other parts of America. I said, you don't understand. It already is martial law. And I don't see a solution around this if the courts keep kicking things out. You know, I got on the airplane yesterday. And as I got on the plane, you know, I was reading up a little bit and I saw all this stuff about the Texas, the Texas suit and it's made a lot of sense to me. Then you had like 19 different GOP, uh, attorney generals signing an amicus brief with the courts on this, which I guess is a friendly, yeah, we support this, please support it type of thing. Not exactly sure what that is, but something like that. And Lo and behold, I get off the airplane, get home, and the first thing I see is Trump loses Texas case. Path to victory narrows Biden to become president. I'm like, damn, what the hell is going on in America right now? 
What is going on with these judges? What exactly are these judges doing to so consistently and persistently avoid doing their jobs? I heard somewhere today that regarding this Texas brief, if you really read the clause in the Constitution, and I haven't done that yet, which I may have to do after the show. I won't have time, obviously, during to go track it down and read it. But it also had to do with elements of treason inside of that particular clause. And somebody pointed out as a legal, and I'm not sure this is true, I'm just raising up the issue, that this particular clause that the Texas thing was being argued under may actually not fall within the jurisdiction of the courts. I don't know. Because it had to do with this issue of treason also. But the more we look at what's going on here, everybody, I just don't see, honestly, I don't see a way out of this other than some type of military action. And I was talking today again to my colleagues, and they understand what I do. Okay, They understand where I come from and the military and the intelligence world and all of these different things that I kind of somewhat on the fringes know about. And they said to me, said, what's your read? Meaning, you know, you guys know what you read, of course. They've learned that from me, actually. And I said, you know, I honestly think that Trump, again, will play this out and a military solution will have to be put into play. And I said, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I don't see the U.S. military as a civilian, you know, oversight organization giving themselves voluntarily to a group that they know has committed fraud against the American people, that have engaged in a coup d'etat against the American people, where their current commander-in-chief, Mr. Donald Trump, has retweeted people talking about the ongoing color revolution against the American people. These are all issues that we are discussing here in Saudi Arabia. Bruce, uh, going out there to Texas, uh, your state was a little bit up in the headlines. How are you today? Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Oh, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I was very angry last night. I mean, the most angry I've been over a political situation in my life. These judges are traitors. Pretty much they punt the ball but, you know, Citizens United, oh, they'll, they'll judge on that. Obamacare, you know, uh, separation of church and state, pornography is free speech, you know, that abortion, uh, anything to do with civil rights, oh, they'll come right down with, with a hammer on that. But, you know, death of the election, they, uh, that, that statement that they put out was just totally ridiculous. You know, I, you know, Bruce, yeah, that, I heard the same thing. Uh, people I was speaking with last night, a couple of different people I spoke to last night were saying the exact same thing, saying, look, the case looked very strong. It looked like a, a, a clear 
a clear win, you know, as far as going through. And they didn't even bother to look at it. Said, sorry, dead on arrival. Send it right back. See you guys later. And they're saying they don't understand what the heck's going on. You know, you got three judges appointed by Trump. And every single one of those sided with the liberal judges. We only had the two. You know, the black guy, Clarence Thomas and, and Alito. That's a nine to two. That's a seven to two decision to kick it out. That's not even close. So it's uh, a rather interesting development for sure. But uh, again, it's not over. You know, we still have, I think, out until at least July, the, uh, January the 7th before it starts to get really serious. I do know Kamala, Kamala, uh, Miss Kamala. She hasn't resigned yet from the Senate. So apparently she's not putting in her her trust in what's going on. I, I haven't heard from her, frankly. Have you ever seen ever in politics where the the uh, president-elect team is just nowhere to be found? Right. No. Um, you know, this whole thing, think, think about it, forget the legal lead, just on principle. The Supreme Court says oh, Texas doesn't have standing in the affairs of another state cheating the election and selecting a president based on fraud over Texas. You know, that's a clear-cut violation of uh, equal protection. <laughs> you know, it, this is corruption plain as day, and at least the, uh, the Sid Nats, the people who, the, who don't listen to us, who don't, aren't awoke on the JQ or the machinations of, of politics, you know, they, they this is a wake-up call for, for everybody now, you know, and there was a huge rally in, in D.C. last night, I don't know if you know about it. I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people in the street waving Trump flags. Uh, one of them, uh, and they're chanting, uh, fuck Antifa. Sorry, I didn't, I should have said something else, but that's what the sign, that's what the chant was. Mm-hmm. You know, and they ruled the streets in D.C., and I bet you won't see a thing about it on the news. I honestly, I haven't seen anything even in my own social media feeds. You know, it just said thousands gathered in Washington. Uh, it wasn't made out to be that big of a deal, just th- thousands gathered in Washington. There were some fisticuffs. Uh, there's supposed to be a huge event today starting around 9.30 this morning, which means it's already started. I'm not sure how many people are they going to get. Uh, hopefully they can get a lot, but we'll have to see how that pans out equally. Yeah, and there was no violence. There was no burning of anything, you know. No, that's not our way. That's not our way. I'm not a huge Trump fan, but this is more, this is bigger than Trump, in my opinion. This is uh, about our country. Our country is a banana republic now. With nuclear weapons and... Yeah, yeah. That you know, finally, people came to my to to their senses here and started to agree with my sentiments. And that is, you know what, the military can't give their weapons over to these guys. They're dangerous. If they're willing to just steal the country, it's dangerous having them take over the military in America because they don't care about anybody. They just don't care. I said, well, you're starting to see it, guys. You're just starting to see it. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Fetch, I just want to say good morning and put in my two cents. I'm proud of Texas and the twenty twenty one state who signed off on, on Well it was a it was an interesting gambit. Obviously for whatever reason nobody took it. And uh 
Again, the fight goes on. It's not over yet by any stretch of the imagination. I suspect there's a lot going on behind and be, you know, underneath that we're just not aware of. And so Trump isn't acting as if he's losing. So let's see how it works out and plays out. I guess the long-term game would be non-compliance at the state level. I mean, uh, there's several state uh, politicians in Texas tweeted out that, you know, succession or, or, uh, not, you know, we're not going to go with, with anything that, that Biden says. A lockdown, forget about it. Texas is almost open again. Schools are open. Bus, school buses are going down the road with kids. People are going back to work. And, uh, that makes fly. Yeah, it's rumored we're going to work. Yeah, it's rumored we're going to be doing the same here for the start of the year. They're just going to, they're just going to say we are going back to how everything was before the pandemic. Quote, put the pandemic in quotation marks. But they're going to basically just, that's what they're going to do. That's what I'm hearing. I said, I hope your government does. That'll send a great message. This is an engine for the world economy. They spend a lot of money around the world. And hopefully, you know, more of it is positive than negative, of course. But same with our country. So not all of it's positive. So, um, and I just hope they do. I hope they send a strong message to everybody. Other, other areas in this part are already opening up for the most part. I'll send you uh, to your email a, a link to a live stream from last night, and you can go through it, you know, jump across it. Okay, find, uh, sounds find, great. Find yes, okay. all right, yeah, sounds great. All right, that's, that's, that's Bruce, everybody out in Texas, and, of course, for him and his people in Texas, it was a pretty interesting gambit by uh, the Texas Attorney General to file this. I am really shocked, quite frankly. It was just dismissed out of hand. And people are really asking questions now. I see it out there on various social media feeds that uh, what's going on with the judges? Are, are they corrupt or are they under duress? Who's making the threats? What's going on? Anyways, more on this and who knows what else comes along. It's the Fetch Inside the Ein Live, intelligent media for the politically aware back after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Ein Live for Saturday, December the 12th, I guess it is, 2020. A nice week for me. Again, I got out of Riyadh just for a couple days, which... uh we got everything done, including getting my bags back so I could get live on air. Uh, kind of necessary. Need microphones. You need everything to make these shows work. So I was going to literally go out and buy some more gear today, but they, my, my colleagues said, no, we're going to, we're going to go fetch everything out of, uh, Jeddah and get it shipped over. So I had to send pictures and passports and all that kind of fun stuff out to get my stuff back. From, but uh, give them credit; they still did a good job. I think their staff is weak, but I think nowadays with the millennial mindset—I'm sorry if there's millennials listening—but uh, the millennial mindset is just not to work, as far as I can see. You know, oh, you have to be here. You know, airlines don't seem to grasp that a lot of us are business people, and we—it's very difficult, quite frankly. To get your schedules in line every single time. To be two hours here and three hours ahead there. Uh, basically, you're spending all your time just trying to appease the inefficiencies and incompetence of the airlines. It's just, that's as I see it. You know, back in the day, uh, airlines, 
understood. They went out of their way to, obviously you try to be on time, you try to get things done, but they didn't just have this donkey, stupid, dumb as you know what mindset and not try to work. Now, I'll be honest, in Riyadh, we got a great staff. I've had cases where I have needed them to go ahead and help and they do the job. But I was told, I was told that the people in Jeddah, they're just not. They don't work. They're just kind of like slow, incompetent people. That's what they're telling me. Saudis are telling me that. They just said, no, we don't like Jeddah people. They don't really care. They just they just don't care. So I'm like, I didn't know that. It's like, yeah, okay, I don't want to live here. I don't want to be around this type of mindset all the time. That's just not a great thing to do. But it was a lot of fun, to be honest. Uh, uh, I'm more of a Prussian mindset. I like to see results, get things done. But it was nice to get out and relax, get out of Riyadh for a couple of days for sure. And uh, it all worked out in the end, so thank you for that. And so anyways, we're back here. It was as listener-sponsored, everybody. That means it does rely on your donations to keep everything alive, up and running. And obviously without any assistance, we don't get to do anything. I want to just say uh, go to freedomslips.com, click on their support button, and you can see many different ways in which you can actually support the network and do so. We, we honestly encourage you, you know, platforms are far and few between and it's difficult, honestly, to find a network that will allow and actually amplify content like we have here today. I think we've done a great job for the, for the network and the network for their credit have done a good job for us equally in return. We have never ever once been asked to throttle anything by anybody. Now, guys, you listening there in the studio, we know that you've asked others to ask me to be throttled, but I've never personally been asked to be throttled. And I was told back when Nighthawk was here, don't, whatever you do, throttle yourself. In fact, uh, just let it rip, so to speak, because your voice is what it is and you need to do what you got to do. And uh, in the end, guys, honestly... You know, smiling a little bit on behind the microphone here. I don't care what you believe out there, but I've been proven right more than I've been proven wrong. And how I use words, people may not like it so much. And I respect that. I I honestly do. But I'm like I heard Ted Cruz talking the other day. You know, our side isn't trying to silence and ban and destroy you guys who don't agree with our voices. It's always a one-way street. It's always a one-way street, and that is not a great thing. want to say thanks to MG out there. MG, you know who you are. Thank you so much. MG is honestly probably at this stage our number one private personal sponsor. Uh, he's very consistent. It's uh, cons- honestly, it's, and usually he brings it in just when we need something. Like yesterday, I just bought a new mixer, for, so we have a spare, and then I, I look in my email and thank you so much, MG, because I just, I just paid like 70 bucks to get a new mixer shipped from America, and I'm looking forward to getting it because I would like a spare and I'll have one. I'm going to actually buy one more mixer too. I'm going to buy a second mixer. I want a second set of spares. So anyways, it's all on the way and then I got to buy microphones and all that stuff. But uh, all this costs money and for the most part, um, you guys really do 
come through with flying flying colors, as they say. So appreciate all of that. ITEL Cat Report uh, inside the ILIAB is sponsored by North Cacalacky Trading Post. Good services and solutions for all creatures, great and small. It is inconveniently located at the corner walk and don't walk in by Blackbird Nines Breakfast Club, a radio show hosted by Frederick C. Blackburn. He's an NSA whistleblower, a Former, no, let me go back. He's an NSA whistleblower, a 9-11 truth advocate. There you go. A former North Carolina House candidate and a former 32-degree Mason. You can catch Blackbird Nines Breakfast Club every Wednesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. on the Spreaker Radio Network. That's 8 to 10 p.m. on the Spreaker Radio Network. Again, to all of those who do appreciate our feline stories, it's another week where I have absolutely nothing to report. Just nothing. Uh, I've been trying to capture, I mean something I guess, but I've been trying to kind of capture this kitten. It's not a kitten, it's kind of some pretty well grown now. But it's got three legs. And one of the legs is like maybe, maybe a quarter, obviously it's been cut off, it's amputated. So I've been trying to catch this cat, you know, just trying to catch it and help it out a little bit. And I just can't do it, man. It's too skittish. Just too darn skittish. I keep trying. You know, we've got so many cats in my neighborhood because it's a a private residential area with lots of people throwing trash away, and that's good for cats, right? But I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. So there's not a whole lot to report on the ITO cat report. What I can report is what happened out in the Philippines. The mayor of our town where we live, and it's actually one of the top uh, resort towns in the Philippines, especially internal tourism, they, uh, the mayor was assassinated just about eight, seven, eight days ago, something like that. And, uh, the parade, uh, the wake and the, the burial was actually yesterday. And Emily was part and is part of civil defense group. And so she was leading some of that parade yesterday. And I'm like, man, you've come a long ways, lady. I remember when you were very shy and all of that stuff. I said, I've taught you maybe too well. And she says, no, thank you so much. You know, I could never have thought of doing this without, uh, you know, all the time I spent teaching her all this stuff. So yeah, she, she says, you know, it's, it's, some of this is on YouTube, they said. And I said, okay, cool. Well, congratulations. You know, keep working hard. You know, the borders are closed. We're not going anywhere. Uh, I'm not expecting the borders here to open until the end of the, until the first of the year. I'm hoping the very, very first of the year. And we'll see how that goes. So that's, that's it for the ITEL cat report. There's not a whole lot at all to report as of late. And hopefully we can do something soon. I'll have to get some new reports coming up, uh, hopefully starting next week again after all this political stuff dies down a little bit. The Oive Moment, uh, we're going to, not sponsored either. We don't have a sponsor anymore for the Oive Moment, but we're going to go out first of all to, Two stories really to report on. One is positive, one's negative. And actually these are both positive from our point of view. And one of those is Ukraine. And what happened was you had, of course, this is the time of year where the Jews light their Hanukkah, the menorah, Hanukkah or the menorah. And as we all know, the Hanukkah or the menorah is not a religious symbol. It's a political symbol. What it does is it, it, uh, 
represents the Jewish destruction of civilizations, really Jewish destruction of culture, Jewish destruction of heritage. And, and that is, of course, brought about by their story about how they defeated the Greeks, right? Which would then be a symbol of Western civilization, Western culture. So there's nothing about the menorah that highlights a net positive to humanity. In a very real way, when you listen to the rabbis speak, the menorah is a symbol of Jewish hatred for humanity because they want to destroy everybody. You know, let's light the candle. Remember, we destroyed this. We destroyed that. We destroyed this. Oy vey, oy vey, oy vey. Everybody's out to get us. Oy, we're victims. Oh, my goodness. Is it quite like that? Not exactly, but it's not far from that. And I saw a very chilling thing yesterday. Actually, I saw it today. There was a new giant menorah being lit up in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. And you got all these smiling guys from Dubai. And these are Dubai Dubai people, not the expatriates that are there. And they're smiling and everyone's having a great time. And Hanukkah is being celebrated for the first time in, in, Abu Dhabi, in Dubai. And I'm like, you know, you guys... You just don't know the hatred of the Jewish people for humanity. You just don't get it at the core of their civilization. You've just brought in a symbol that to a Jewish fundamentalist extremist whack job is proof positive that the new world order is spreading and the Jewish takeover of planet Earth is manifesting before our very eyes. We must triple down on killing as many of the Goy as possible because we need GD to return. We need the Moshiach to return so we can all live in peace and harmony as Jews are the rulers of the world and the rest of humanity are the slaves of the Jews. Yeah, I agree. It's whacked, but that's Jewish philosophy in a nutshell. Uh, what can I say? I don't make up their system. I just kind of report on it. So you've got now this giant menorah being cast, because it is a form of spellbinding, spellcasting, in Dubai. But when you go over to Kiev in the Ukraine, a man was said to have shouted out, Jews? To the grave. And then, I don't know, they just say, it's coming out of times of Israel, so take it with a grain of salt. It says, man shouts anti-Semitic slogan as he topples the key of menorah. Well, that is actually something that should be done the world over. Now that you understand that you really do live in a totalitarian world where you have the Western systems wholly submerged below a Judaized Bolshevik flavor of government, now you can see that the Jewish system is a death cult. It lays waste, it lays barren or it lay waste, lays waste and turns everything into a barren wasteland. There you go. I'm saying waste twice though, aren't I? But it, the point is that Jewish systems cannot bring life. They're an anti-life system. And Jews don't, they actually get that. They understand. But you don't perhaps get it. 
So in a very real way, moving forward, as you look to find ways to free yourself from this Bolshevik, which is Jewish, Bolshevism and Judaism are basically one and the same philosophy. Mark, make, don't, don't confuse yourself. Judaism and Bolshevism are the same. Rabbi Wise was very clear about that when he spoke about this in the 1920s. Judaism and communism are the same. Why now do you think that Jews simply don't want you to speak about anything Jewish? Because like communism, which forbids under penalty of extreme harsh punishment any type of criticism of the Communist Party, well, Jews have the same mindset. It's in, it's written, it's codified into their way of life, their way of thinking. So the reality of it is, is when you look at the menorahs spread out in your hometowns, understand that that symbol is proof positive of the decaying nature of the Jewish people, Jewish civilization, and it is really a symbol of their takeover of your Western traditions and norms of civility and conduct. And if you ask yourself, why has our civilization decayed? Why have we lost the ability to simply behave as a civilized, rational people where we can solve our issues, we can make things better for everybody? You can't do it if the menorah is sitting inside of your official government houses. It's not possible. Judaism is a death cult by their, by Jewish definitions. You can't have their definition of Sukkos unless everything is destroyed. That's not our philosophy. That's Jews and their in, also a genius intelligence. What's their solution for COVID-19, right? A fake virus, fake PCR tests, fake, fake medical doctors, Everything about this thing is a fraud. And what's their solution to the fraud? They bring out a death cult thing called Pfizer and they're going to start killing people with vaccines. And that's literally what's going to happen. People are going to die. More people are going to die from Jews injecting their vaccines into everybody, altering DNA, altering basically the human genome itself. Yet you think Jews are going to be taking this vaccine? Hell no. Mark Zuckerberg came out just today and said, Facebook employees are going to be basically spared. They're going to be exempted from having to take the any type of COVID-19 vaccine. Now, do you understand how that works? The One of the biggest totalitarian Jewish-run companies in the world, Facebook, one of those companies that is instrumental in controlling the narratives that we receive and read about in the West, he's coming out today and saying, my employees, my little slave workers, my little honey bunnies who like to just have harass and hassle the conservative American people, they're not going to have to take this vaccine. They're going to be exempt. And when you boil it all down, guys, it comes back to that menorah. 
That menorah is proof positive that your government is under occupation. That your government is being destroyed from within. Says here, Ukrainians, we are a force. The Jews to the grave, shouted the man named by a Jewish community as a known anti-Semitic activist, Andrei Rashkov. And then he goes on to say, I wanted to show everyone how to treat foreigners who are occupying and taking over the country. Does any of this sound familiar? Of course it does. They want to show or at least we we are seeing people over, not overreacting, but reacting to this literal racist hatred that Jews have for the rest of humanity. So now we see downtown Kiev walking over. You got the video. You can actually see it on uh, uh, what do you call it? Times of Israel. It's had about eleven thousand two hundred views so far, and. Representatives of the Jewish community, they reportedly asked Ukrainian police to investigate. Isn't that original? Gee, a Bolshevik totalitarian Marxist piece of garbage is going to ask the police to go investigate for them. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like something you might have heard about in socialist Russia? Let's go out to, I think, Indiana. Don't quote me on that, but uh, let's go out to Cody. Hi, Cody. Uh, Welcome hey, to Inside the Eye Life. Cody in Illinois. Illinois, not Indiana. In, all right, Illinois. Pritzker Town. You know, I'm half, I'm half German-Russian, and I urge all your... Now I get that feedback again. No problem. I went high. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it's just the way this uh, mixer works. That's better. The, you know, I'm half German-Russian, and I urge all the listeners out there that got any German heritage, you need to look at the Holodomor genocide that killed more people in the Holocaust, and it was the Bolsheviks that were doing it, and read about the crazy you know, ways that they killed people. They, they would stab some people in the stomach, take an intestine, nail it to the pole, and make people walk around it until their intestines ripped out. I mean, they're just sadistic, insane people. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised, you know, I'm surprised when is it, was it Washington and Jefferson that were talking and they thought about, you know, not allowing the Jews to even be in the United States. And I don't know why, why that didn't happen, but there's that letter out there that yeah. basically. I'm sure it was. I mean, Jews were actually banished from doing business with the treasury department during the civil war because they were such fraudulent merchants. They were like carpet bagging, literally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think they said something. Benjamin Franklin said something to the effect that, look, we've given you a republic. It'll probably last about 200 years. And in 200 years, you're probably going to have to refight to take it back. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. And the guy seems to have been yeah. rather astute. It looks like he's kind of pegged it down to even the number of years it would last. Well, actually, the other reason I called in is I was looking at the history. I think I sent you this on Skype, but the history, because they said that, you know, Mike, as these people are talking to some military guys, and they claim that Trump is going to be taking some action. We'll see. I'm not so sure about yeah, it. Me but too. They claim that things were being positioned for January. But, uh, you know, if, if no action is taken, I say that January 7th is a good day. That was the day that... Uh, who was it? Truman announced the creation. No, Harry Truman announced that the U.S. has developed a hydrogen bomb. So 
that's a good day to take back the country, people. You know. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen for sure. I, I hear I I'm probably listening to many of the same things you are, and all these stories about Trump has got the the executive order, and he's got them all trapped, and they've he's he's just such a genius, and he's gonna pull pull the plug, and they're all gonna be arrested and go to Gitmo, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's nice, yeah. it's a pleasant story, it's got a nice feel to it, it makes for great theater, but Trump. Has we haven't seen it? Perhaps they executed. Perhaps they executed John McCain. That would have been a, something, you know. But well, uh, Stuart Rhodes, he's as I mentioned, Stuart Rhodes is the guy that runs Oath Keepers. You know, he's got you know, that group of all these different retired, I guess, cops and military or whatever. And uh, he was being interviewed by Mike Adams a couple days ago. You can find it on Brighteon dot com. That's that Mike Adams video site he created when he was kicked off of YouTube and where he interviewed him and he's, you know, he's thinking that this thing's going to have to go hot the way, I don't know. It's just kind of sad. I can't believe that, you know, what we're having to deal with, you know, the way this Republic was set up, I would, it, it should have held up a little better, but it's like you were saying, it's appearing not to be with, with what's going on with SCOTUS and all. And I, you know, if Trump is really was going to do something, he should have at least, and maybe he can't with the way the Justice Department is, but some people should have already been arrested. There's, you know, the light's not even starting to, to glow with when, you know, things would be happening, unless for some reason he's waiting until January. Yeah, only I can figure, and again, it's not going to matter. It's going to play out at this stage. The dice set, you know, nothing's going to change. Whatever it is, it's going to happen. And, uh, the only positive I had is he's just waiting to play out the constitutional angle before they actually pull in the military. I mean, a lot of people I know used to be against pulling in the military, and now everyone's saying, hey, we have no choice. You know, and we can only hope that the military works for the benefit of the American people and that Trump's not going to turn against the American people. And I, You know, but there's no other way right now without going into full open-scale warfare. And maybe that's not even true, you know. Uh, we'll talk about that after the break, but maybe that's not even true. Maybe we're in a better position than we realize, and people just aren't thinking big term, big picture right now. All right, everybody, welcome back. Media for the Politically where It's again Saturday, December the 12th, 2020. Hope you're having a good Saturday, everybody. Again, I know it's a little bit difficult for some of you out there, and for others it's not as, but it's difficult really all over the world for a lot of people out there, including yours. Actually, I can't say yours truly. Uh, that would be unfair. Hold on one second while I make an adjustment here. There we go. Yeah, that's, that's much better. I had to fix the mic stand. All right. Uh, anyways, I am... Uh, just saying hello in the chat room. Chat room is humming along. You can join everybody there. You got my eye killer, Fritz Salmon MG, Bruce in Texas, and Frederick Blackbird Nine, as they say. That's what I see on the screen at the moment. Join them there inside the iLive 
uh, again, in, click on the live chat button that's inside the iLive. Click on the live chat button. Apparently, we did lose uh, the network just there at the end of that last segment, but uh, it got debugged quick enough, so we are back live. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, we had Cody. He was out speaking uh, before kind of about... Uh, you know, it's a shame that the republic's where it's at. The United States is where it's at. You know, people around the world are really pulling for the American people. And here's the thing. You know, we were led to believe in America that there was this blue wave stretching out across the United States. And it was like unstoppable. But the truth of the matter is, is if you look at a map of the United States and where Republicans, or let's say Americans really, more than Republicans, but the American people dominate. What you really see in America is that the United States has actually become virtually entirely red. It has become largely a Republican slash America first nation. There are really only small pockets, small cities within which this Jewish democratic monstrosity still holds sway. And we can look at it on a map. And what I'm thinking now is that if this thing is going to go hot, assuming it's going to go hot, that means that all law and order is going to be breaking down. And it already has essentially broken down. There is no law and order anymore. The Democrats... The George Soroses, the the Mark Zuckerbergs, and the Bill Gates, and all the rest that are involved in this globalist Jewish takeover of the United States, all with the aid and help of China, apparently, they're not going to be able to take over the country if the people simply say no. And the reason I'm saying that is because the areas where you actually have large population bases that are supporting this Jewish coup d'etat against the United States are actually very, very small. You've got the western coast, for instance, of the United States. That's okay, not a whole lot, but you do have the western coast of the United States. We have, let's see if I've got that map I can pull up real quick here. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. Yeah, here it is. You've got little bits up in the northwest. You've got a little bit out there in Oregon, but Oregon largely is American. California is largely American. The extreme southern tip, the the panhandle, I think. No, it's not the panhandle. Uh, the, but the southern part of Mexico along the, the Rio Grande River, that is Mexico, essentially. You have some very strong pockets of treasonous, we don't want to say treasonous per se, you know, not everybody's treasonous just because they don't agree with us. But you've got the eastern part of Arizona, you have the much, much of New Mexico, which is probably due to its proximity to Mexico. Uh, and then you have elements of large pockets of Colorado, mainly along the main interstate corridors. Then we have pockets in Montana, uh, pockets Boise, and really what we're finding is that the only areas that are actually blue, to put that in a quotation mark, 
are the primary cities of America. The rest of the country is not that. So in a case or a situation of total collapse of law and order, and we're, we're, we're not there yet, but we're pretty darn close. I mean, it's obvious 50, 60, 70% of Americans understand clear now that this was a rigged election in the United States. It was rigged. It's fraud. Which means essentially you have democratic slash Jewish operatives in these particular cities and they are dictating to the American people, the entire nation, which is by and large red, how the entire area of large red should start to live their lives. And I'm like of a state of mind now where it makes sense in a collapse of society if it if it gets that and it's not there yet for sure but it would make sense to get a thousand two thousand citizens together go into these various areas where we know we have traitors to the american people because we certainly do have many traitors out there and just simply tell them straight up you either get out resign or we're going to remove you as enemies of the state. They don't have the people, folks. That's the interesting part of this phenomena right now. Americans might be a little scared. Oh, it's not going well for us. Oh, it's not working. That's because you're relying on the rigged part of the system. But America itself, the people aren't rigged. The people work, they get up in the morning, they they go to work, they earn a living, they take care of the kids, they try to enjoy life a little bit. They spend some time after seeking after their spiritual needs, whether it's going to be Christianity or whatever the case may be, and they get up on Monday and they turn around and do it all over again. And what you're finding is that the cities are stealing the wealth of the people to feed Essentially, the monstrosities that the cities have become. So it's very necessary, perhaps, to cut off the cities. It may literally be necessary to cut off the cities. It may be necessary to go to a Facebook or a CNN if Trump can't get this thing done. It's something that has to be considered that you take 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people strong. Make it intelligent. Understand between the men and the women together and the children what is happening that we cannot survive if we allow these totalitarians to continue to destroy us. We're in a situation where there is martial law right now. It is martial law. Folks, when you're getting arrested because you opened up your business, you're getting fined. You speak up like some doctor up in Washington. He speaks up about the dangers of vaccines. And then the government, whoever that is, decides that they're going to take away his license because he dared to speak up against these idiots running these governments. Then it is absolutely incumbent or it's certainly within the rights of the people to petition that government, find out exactly who made the decision, 
And either they resign or they will be hogtied out of there. And that's where this has to go. Because we see decisions being made everywhere at a local level. So it's not like we can't pinpoint who the traitors are to the American people. If you are firing, if you're terminating the license of a doctor because he speaks up about what he sees are the dangers of vaccines, for instance, you don't have any right nor business being in a health directorate within the United States. That's not how we operate in this country. We want open, free, and fair debate. We want information. We're not here to have some idiot sitting there in a health department dictating to us, dictating to us under a martial law scenario what we are allowed to get and receive as far as information goes before we make an informed consent on what we believe is best for us. All of these physicians... I shouldn't say physicians, but all of these health officials should be paid an immediate visit. Now that's not going to happen because we're worried right now more on the grand strategic thing. That is making sure that we do not have this democratic Jewish monstrosity, this Bolshevik monstrosity start to take over and govern from Washington. But folks, don't despair. Look at the map. Understand what is going on and understand that it may have to go hot. It may have to. And if it does, this government ultimately isn't going to be able to stand against the might and the power of the people of the United States. It would be absolutely zero effort, for instance, to take Boise, Idaho, tell the Patriots to clear out and just blockade the city. It would take nothing. It's difficult to get to. It's about the only place where you have blue or let's say democratic operatives within the state of Idaho. It's a relatively small town. It would be very easy to cut off Boise. It would be very easy to go into Boise and demand everything about the election people, who was involved in the fraud regarding the election, who was involved in the rapidly destructive lockdowns that are coming out from the globalist New World Order, Jewish New World Order COVID-19 mandates. This could be over very fast with all, not all that much bloodshed, but it would have to be calculated very well and in a situation where it's clear you can just look at the map it's absolutely clear that there is no popular support for joseph biden i do find it hard to believe under the circumstances and knowing what the executive executive orders are that are in place I almost find it hard to believe that the military would actually allow itself to be run by a treasonous Jewish communist element that took over the country. I'm having a hard, I'm not saying I'm right, 
I'm just saying I'm having a hard time believing they would be willing to do that. Now, we all know that there are elements in the U.S. military military that are communists. But we also know that Trump has been heavily purging some of the extreme senior level management uh, strata of that organization, meaning the Department of Defense. And he's gotten rid of a lot of people. So no, when I look at it, even I look at Michigan, it's almost, it's completely red. I look at Wisconsin, uh, apart from, let's just say, ooh, the upper northeast part, it's all red. Everywhere I look, it's just red. It's just red everywhere. Red, 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 red. Parts of southern Miami, tip of the panhandle of Florida, okay, fine. Uh, you've got all the rich Jews, essentially, and all their lackeys up in the northeast. But they're pretty well isolated. You could cut them off equally. And that's where we're at here. We have to start thinking, at least start thinking tactically, what are we going to do moving forward? It's unless you just want to allow Biden to take over the country and you do nothing. But that's not what I guarantee you. That's not what the American people want. And there are millions upon millions of Americans who are fed up with what is essentially they see as corruption and what people of this show more accurately see as Jewish communist infiltration of the nation. So give that some thought. We used to think we were behind enemy lines. We used to think, used to think that there was this great blue wave sweeping over the country. But the truth of the matter is, folks, there has been an absolute red tsunami that has covered the United States of America. Jews, their lackeys, these health officials, these mayors, the signal should be sent out very clearly that they are the ones behind enemy lines, not the American people. Uh, Cody, hi. Going back out to Cody out in Illinois. Hi. Welcome back. Mr. Cody. Cody, you're completely muted. I'm not sure what that is. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, you might want to do a test run on your phone before you call in because I can't hear a thing and if I can't hear you, nobody else can either. So, Cody, we're going to drop that call. Yeah, we couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear him. I think it's on his side, not our side, though, on this one. So, Because he's only one on that line. We're not taking that line and using it and sharing it with other people. All right, we just want to get into a little bit of news. Starting at the 12 o'clock hour, we're going to have Bridget Lynn Dolgoff. Uh, she is a co-host here, I guess. She's on Saturdays tonight, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 on Studio B. She co-hosts with Kelsey Sweet, and I'm not sure what the show is. It says, Carrying Stones and Digging Holes. To, to, I'm not sure that's the show, guys. Um, you probably sent me the show. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you didn't send me the show. Unless that's the show. I don't believe that's the show. 
Kochos with kos. It says carrying stones and digging holes to cultivate consciousness. That seems like an awful long show name. All right. Anyway, she's going to be coming on at twelve o'clock. She's an osteopath. We're going to go a little bit into the health side of things today, and uh, just kind of introduce you to some of the other hosts here on Revolution Radio. Again, she's can be found Revolution Radio Studio B. I heard, I heard. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe she was actually following this show for a very brief time. Uh, some time ago. I'm not sure about that for a fact, but uh, possibly. Uh, let's go out to the 9-5 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the iLive. Wow, I'm not getting anything from you guys at all. Let me see if I can do a settings adjustment and see. It should be fine though, guys. Mm, uh, maybe because we had the, sh- the network drop. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure, but normally it just resets. Hold on, everybody. We're going to try to do a quick, quick, quick adjustment here. And that's okay. I don't care about that. That is okay. Oh, wait a minute. Now you're back. Hello. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Oh, sorry about that, guys. That was me. I'm kind of like in a daze trying to multitask here, guys. Sorry about that. That was my... You can smack me upside the head, maybe wake me up a little bit, and I'll I'll not keep muting you guys. Anyways, welcome back. Hi, Thomas, out in Florida. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm doing really well. Um, I've got a big echo. I actually, I'm 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 repeating myself as I speak. So okay, I guess go I'll ahead. Try to talk. Go ahead. I'm trying to tone you down, and I'll boost you later. Go ahead. Um, yeah, what you're talking about is, you know, we have a lot of local power. Uh, I've always said it, it, re- it resides within the counties because the counties are literally the, uh, what do you want to call it, the, the molecules of the state. A state is comprised of counties, and the county is the largest uh, area that you could ever hope to control politically is, uh, you know, we're, all, we're just all individual people, but you can run your county. And what could happen is if the word could get out, I don't know if it would or not, but these people that have been involved in this election fraud, like let's say the, you know the governor of uh, uh, was it Minnesota, we've got the people in Pennsylvania. If the people around them in the various counties in the state actually know what's going on and are basically against them, all you got to do is get your sheriff together and possibly form a uh, grand jury, and then have all the evidence presented to the grand jury come up with an indictment, and then put out a warrant for their arrest. Now, that would trap them in the county they're in, let's say in in Georgia or, in uh, again, up in uh, Michigan or Pennsylvania. Those corrupt people that have warrants out for them, like, say, the governor and the attorney generals and all the different people, now they can't move. If they go into any county in that state and they'll be watched, they'll be instantly arrested. There's a warrant out for them. And now you've done it on a local level. And if the sheriff has a good, strong county and he's able to conjure up or call up able-bodied men, you know, with, the, with their long rifles to guard these particular people and hold them and try them. Now, is the federal government going to come in and bother them? I don't know. Uh, that thing in Texas uh, where the uh, Supreme Court said Texas doesn't have any standing, I'm just wondering if in an offhanded way or uh, either deliberate or um, whatever, 
the, the Supreme Court is t- saying to, to the state of Texas, hey, you're an independent state, uh, and all the states are independent, uh, just because uh, how can a, a state uh, in a, uh, far away from you give you a black eye? What have they done that kept you from getting your president? Maybe what they're saying is, hey, the president isn't that important anyhow. I mean, if you go back to the original um, duties of the president, I think, in this country, is uh, he was only supposed to preside over the Congress and the 10 square miles of Washington, D.C., what, territories and other possessions. And the government itself was just to preside, you know, uh, over what... There's there's a part where it says something about uh, naval docks and other needful, needful buildings. I remember Ron Paul once said a long time ago, he said, yeah, if I was truly to become the president of the United States in my original capacity, it really wouldn't be a very big job. The states are supposed to take care of themselves. And uh, maybe the Supreme Court's letting us know that, hey, no, you, uh, you don't have that much to do with each other other than be civil and trade amongst yourselves. But, uh, you know, you see what I'm kind of trying to say? Well, I do, but it's, you know, in today's world, the reality is, is that the president determines the direction by being able to fill things like, you know, court appointees and things like that. It's very, very critical, and that does affect the citizens of all the states. Well, that's if you give the Supreme Court the power they supposedly have, but they've just shown us they don't have any power. They're saying it's none of their business. Yeah, I know. That's what's amazing. It's like, okay, what is your business then? If this isn't your business, what is your business? This is like the most critical time to hear from them, and they completely punted. Honestly, I don't get it, but they punted, man. It's like, okay, so what's your job again? Yeah. And the thing is that maybe they're going to make the states realize that we are all all independent entities. And perhaps there'll be a form of secession. In other words, just throw off all the federal, you know, rules, regulations, policies, procedures, or law, if they want to call it, and say, no, we're going to run our own state. They're also going to have to not take the money they've been weaned on to. Perhaps this is a, a, a signal for the states to say, no, let's just get away from the federal government. It makes sense. And equally, if you're not going to take the money, you also shouldn't be sending any up forward. You know, you come up oh, with yeah. some rational point of view. What is the, what is the cost for defense mutually? And we'll go ahead and we will fund it only on a, only on an actual basis that we can afford to do it. And, uh, there's no more financing this stuff. We're not going to be financing you guys. We're not going to allow our citizens to be under your dictates, you know. Screw the IRS, screw your federal agencies. Since you guys don't care about the actual rule of law anyways, we don't recognize you. We don't recognize this president. We don't recognize the government in Washington. This is not representative of the people. And let's see how it works. You know, it's not going to be easy to send out the military like you could have done a 100 years ago. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Well, a lot of people would like the idea because, number one, they wouldn't be under all the federal control. Uh, there would be no more federal income tax. Now, the states would probably want to institute either, a, you know, some kind of a tax, uh, hopefully like a value-added or uh, whatever, and there'd be an apportioned amount of money for, uh, to be set for, yes. say, the uh, national defense. And uh, we are only supposed to have a Navy. True. 
right, Thomas, we're out of time on that break, that segment. Thanks for calling in. Now I know what I'm doing when I don't have you guys. Thanks again. That's Thomas, everybody out in Florida. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live. Back with more right after this. Hi, Welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live. It's uh, Saturday, December the 12th, 2020. Going to go out to uh, Missouri. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Good morning. It's Art. I can't hear you. Art, how are you? Okay, can you turn it up? Yeah, if I turn it up, you guys will be complaining it's too low. You're getting an echo. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, I can't hardly hear you. Um Anyway, I can hear you good enough. What I want to say is that if it goes to the Supreme Court and they don't come through, which I don't really know if I expect they will, then we go to uh, military. Um, We've got the Hague, you know, but I don't think these people are going to even deserve a trial. Uh, I think they're going to have to be considered enemy combatants and, and send them right to Gitmo. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, once again, I actually do agree with that. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but I would be, I would be all for that. I think a lot of people are. Uh, as far as like the democratic operatives, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we should have our people inside there. We should have them doxxed, if that's the term you want to use, let's say in Philadelphia or Georgia or Michigan, Detroit, whatever the case may be. And we should round them up, every single damn one of them. Every single damn one of them. How dare they think that they they can just steal the country from us? You had that. Did you hear that lady in Georgia, Ruby, Ruby something or other, the black lady that said, "Look, yeah, if we didn't do what we did, Trump would have won. He, they, he was winning by so much, we had to do what we did." It's like, okay, you just admitted guilt. They should yeah, round her up I, immediately. There, there's just so much obvious fraud. I, I don't, but I just don't at this point. With all the other state supreme courts, uh, what they've done, I don't see uh, the you know the main national supreme or federal supreme court doing much either. I think they're all criminal. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, that's what I wanted to say for now. All right. Well, I, I'll go along with that. Okay. Thanks, Art. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Let's move. All right, thanks, all right. Thanks. Let's move out to the five seven three area code. Hi. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Yeah, this is Fritz calling. Hi, Fritz. Hey, I, it sounded like Art. Maybe Art hadn't heard the news this morning that the Supreme Court turned the case down last night. Um. I wanted to comment on Thomas, who called a minute ago. Thomas is confused. One of the few, very few duties that the federal government has is to settle controversies among the states. And it's it's inscribed in the Constitution, you know, when there's a controversy that the, the Supreme Court is the court of original jurisdiction, which means you don't have to climb up through the ladder of the courts and appeal and appeal. You can go straight to the Supreme Court if you're a state and you're suing another state. And that that's their job. The Supreme Court says they shall be the court of original jurisdiction. It doesn't say they may be. And that's a point that Judge Thomas made in his dissent yesterday. Mm. That the other the other judges were turning the were interpreting the word shall and calling it a may. But um you know, one of the other jobs that the 
rare jobs or duties that the federal government has is to defend the states as a whole uh, against, you know, attacks and such. And another one is to make regular commerce between the states or to make it uniform. Mm-hmm. And in the in the old days, they, making something uniform meant to regulate. It didn't mean to to govern, to squash, or, or govern, or, or choke off. It meant to make regular among all the states, so that states couldn't play favorites with other states. Um, so, um, yeah, the, there's the the government does have some um, legitimate reasons for existing, but not many. Now, as far as the taxes that he mentioned, I've got no problem with income tax as long as the it's enforced properly, but it's not. Income taxes were designed for corporations and for people who are corporations or entities who do business with the federal government and or employees of the federal government because working for the federal government was considered a privilege. And so... You, you you had to pay back a little tribute at the end of the year. Same with corporations, who are they are creations of the government because you know you have to get a license to be a corporation and so on and so forth. So if if the but there's nothing in the income tax code about paying taxes on your hourly wages. So if the taxes were enforced properly, um, if they hadn't been usurped by these shitball slime mold lawyers, um, the income taxes would be fine. Now, as far as the decision last night goes, um, we ha- they're not trying to teach us any lessons. Here's the thing. You got to read, you got to read the, the lawyer's code of ethics. Okay. Their code of ethics is their number one, um, their number one, um, loyalty is to the court. They swear to that. Their number one loyalty is to the court, which means perpetuating the court, in my opinion. Their number two loyalty, as dictated by the Code of Ethics, is to all the other lawyers. And their number three loyalty is to the client. Now, their client is the queen, okay, because they're all members of the bar. And the queen owns the bar and the, we've we've seen over the last couple of years that that, that uh, uh, Great Britain is is dedicated to the EU. You know they've been playing games like they're going to separate with the Brexit, but they they're not gonna. They and the Queen is committed to the EU, and so is all the other co- countries. And these judges are just going along with the globalist agenda. And uh, heaven forbid the three lawyers that were just appointed by Trump in the last two years to the Supreme Court, they couldn't vote for him because there would be an appearance of impropriety. And that's one of their diktats. You know, they can't ever appear to be doing anything improper, you know. So there's no way they were going to vote for Trump's for Trump's uh, for Texas's lawsuit. Okay, so that's my wrap today. All right. All right. Thanks for that, Fritz. Also, I got one more. Okay, quickly. You know, the, according to the Constitution, the, the, the founders talk about the one Supreme Court. Um, and that's different from the one that sits in D.C. The Supreme Court that sits in D.C. was created by 
the legislature. And the way that reads in the Constitution is the legislature shall, shall create inferior courts to, to the one Supreme Court. So when the Constitution was written, there was already a one Supreme Court, and that is we the people. And, and the Supreme Court in D.C. answers to, should be answering to us, not the other way around. They are an inferior court created by statute. They're not gods. Yes, and that's the problem. Too many of our elected officials seem to think they're little GDs on earth nowadays, and it makes it very difficult uh, to deal with these guys on a, a rational field, playing field. Well, they weren't even elected. They were appointed. Yeah, these guys are, of course. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Fitch. Okay, thanks so much. That's Fritz, everybody. Let's go out to Hawaii, 808, free and awake. Hi. You are so good, dude. You have absolute proper radio etiquette. Thank you for muting your mic the whole time. And welcome. How you doing? Right on. Well, I'll just say cheat and win greetings, Fetch. Because it's the only way to describe the attitudes of the courts in this country. I mean, it's just blatant disregard for uh, fairness. And the rule of law. Yeah, and you know what I don't get is Americans, as a general rule, we like that's one of our core values. You know, is fairness. We want to see our sports games played fair. You know, look, we don't want to see cheating. We don't want to see baseball players throwing a football a game or the football players throwing a football game, at least overtly. We know these things are rigged pretty much, but you know what I mean. We want this perception of fairness, and there's absolutely zero in this. Yeah. So Biden will assume office under totable dishonorable uh, circumstances, and he knows it. He knows. So he had a lot of people lifting him up. So I don't know. Uh, and I can't help but ask the, the question, where is God in all of this? Why is he allowing all of this to take place? I mean, the people have, have done their part. We've worked very hard to get this country back on its feet. President Trump has, and, and, and we have supported him. But it's all for naught because if Biden gets in, it's all going to be reversed and worse. This country may no longer exist. You know, this is what I don't get, too, is that Trump, the American people delivered. Okay, they delivered. And all of the institutions seemingly have failed the American people. The press fails them. The courts fail them. The elected politicians failed them. Their own political parties have failed them. The uh, Everything has failed them. I mean, there is nothing that we can see in, out of the American governmental system, the institutionalized side of America that has uh, worked on behalf of the people. I, I think actually Trump has. To be honest with you, well, people may not think so, but I think he has. And doing his yeah, best. Well, but it, what do you I do? I agree except for the shining example that texas uh, uh took you know by uh, initiating the lawsuit and the 20 other states or 21 other states that uh uh followed along at least as amicus curiae or however form that they you know decided to. the only thing i can feel out of this is that you if you're really going to fix america okay really going to fix it you cannot solve it through the courts 
Right. Obviously you, now, yes. You no, I'm saying I'm saying even if the courts want to solve it, they cannot side and solve it. Because if you solve it through the courts, that means that the perpetrators are going to perhaps be able to live and breathe another day. They have to be taken out now. They have to be eradicated from our society. Eradicated. Oh, you mean? And if you did the courts, you're not going to be able to do the Insurrection Act. Really? I didn't know that that was... Uh, it's just com- that to was- me, it's common sense. The only way you're going to make this good, and they've been after Trump's ass for five years, man. Before he oh, was yeah. elected. So he understands, he's got to understand he's a marked man. And his family's a marked family. He's got to understand that. Right. So, okay. There is a risk. While you got power now, you better do your job, dude, which is to protect the Constitution of the United States. And that means you're going to have to eradicate eliminate this entire strata of management within the United States. And I don't care if we lose a 100,000 bodies in this. In a country of 300 million, 100,000 to 250,000 casualties is essentially less than we lost in the Civil War. It's less than we lost in World War II. And as long as it's a one-sided loss, certainly we can sustain the casualties. But without the imprimatur of uh, the presidency given by either Congress, uh, the state of uh, electors, the state of electors, or the courts, Trump would be a renegade president acting on his own behalf, and they would eventually, you know. Uh, flag him as a rebel and he would he could in fact be executed and all of his supporters yeah but he, he doesn't have the legitimacy not yet but he will once everything fails yeah well I, I I hope there's a solution but I think we're at our last straw I don't know what we can do except to, well I dare mention it I dare not mention it on the air but, but it seems pretty obvious we can't uh, do it the uh, civil way it seems so we'll engage in an uncivil well, how can you, Well, how can you do something civil with a group that was willing to create a scenario where they create, who knows, 60, 70, probably 50 to 60 million fake votes? Yeah, exactly. So how are you going to reason right. with these guys? How are you going to? I, I, there's no way. I don't know how to do it. Anyone willing to cheat that bad? You can't reason with them, and they're not going to reason with you because they're as guilty as sin. Right. And I think the Supreme Court has opened the door for uh, for increased cheating amongst all of the states only to protect their interests now because they will rightfully assume that the other states are cheating. So in order to stay in the game, you must cheat yourself. And they can't be sanctioned or uh Stop because it, every state basically has to stay in their lane, mind their own business is what the court is saying. They have no standing. So it's just a free for all. So the integrity of the elect- election process is gone. Yes, in which case we have a coup d'etat. Once you have a coup d'etat, can you not declare martial law in the Insurrection Act and start to, start to move? 
Yeah, it's pretty daunting. And then you're going to have to take out everybody that you think is going to be in opposition to you. Yeah. Well, you you better move quickly. The clock is ticking. Uh, True. True. You know, it's interesting. All right. Thanks so much. You were saying something's interesting. Yeah, I was. What was interesting to me is Trump uh, saying something to reporters somewhere, and it was something to the effect that he was saying, look, I... uh, uh, what's happening in our country? It's a very dangerous time, you know. You know, I, he's talking about the vaccines also, and he says, you know, this is a great help for whoever is going to be the next administration. I hope it's a Donald Trump administration, but it's going to be a great help for who, whatever is the next, whatever is the next administration. Right. Well, there can only Definitely be two. Impressive. It could be a third, which would then be a military coup. Ah, uh, yeah, but he would be presiding over this uh, military government. Yeah, but it wouldn't right? be a Trump administration. That wouldn't be a Trump administration, though. It, I guess technically not, but yeah, yeah. So, well, we got a lot to ponder and consider, and I hope Trump moves. Listen, a lot of people are saying that this is probably going to have to be done this way because the corruption is just so so severe. And then you have to ask yourself: if you are an American loyalist and you serve in the U.S. military, are you going to want to be subjected to a government that you know you know stole the country? And stage the coup d'etat. Are you going to actually put your own oath aside and say, okay, I'm going to now take a new oath to this criminal organization that took over this country? See, these are big things that you have to factor in because even the military, they're sworn to protect the United States. In fact, every federal agency that is in law enforcement is. And you've got now some people moving. You hear about things in the FBI. You hear some things in the justice. It's not big, but you hear some movement. And maybe, maybe they're just hedging right now. Say, well, you know what? This isn't quite going according to plan. Maybe we ought to do something. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope. Uh, I just, I'll put this out there. The, uh, I listened to Dave and the X22 report. Yes, you know, me too. I am, I'm too lately. A different perspective. Yeah, but I don't know. That seemed to be working according to his plan. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I'm becoming less and less enthralled with him. He seems overly positive and I'm not right. so sure he's got it all on top of his head there. Well, I've drank the Kool-Aid, so, but we'll see. Hopefully, it uh, something will come to, uh, fruition that would be good for the American people. We need to restore this union the way it was meant to be, right? Well, that's so. a lot of our beliefs for sure. All right. That's 808 every, Thanks, 808. That's 808. All right, let's go out to New Jersey. Dan, the man. Dan, hi. Welcome to Inside the iLive. Inside the iLive. That's a great show as always. Thank you, sir. How are you today? Yeah, go ahead. All the people in the past 10 minutes and yourself, what they say, what they know, Trump don't know. In his cabinet, they don't know. You know what Thomas Paine said? I smell a rat. And I think we've all been had. 
And, uh, you know, I think you're, you're, this view, a lot of people are also starting to come, come saying, hey, this is just not good. Especially when he goes off on his vaccines. You know, he's like, just selling, he's like the world's greatest pharmaceutical vaccine salesman. He's better than Tony Fauci now. It's like, dude, nobody wants this damn vaccine. Nobody wants the vaccine with it. Well, that he took away all the liability of the, of the pharmacy, the evil medical industrial complex. He took away all the liability of the vaccines. Yes, exactly. Words, they don't have to worry if they make you uh, cripple or harm you. They don't have to worry. Yep. Don't the people see, man? There ain't 2,000 people with enough, you know what, to start a revolution and to start in their towns and work their way right up to the governor's office. Kill everybody. Let's start from Jump Street. Well, absolutely it is necessary. There has to be a purge or, or everyone's going to get purged. This is such a huge anti-American, anti-white agenda that we see in play. It's almost scary. It isn't almost scary. It is scary. You know, if you remember the poor, what they did to him, John David Morton, yeah, I mean, you remember I, him? Yeah, yeah, I remember him, of course. That's why I'm doing this show on Thursday ago. because of that event. He said that in every Israeli embassy, there's a nuclear suitcase bomb. Well, that's, what, that's I, you why know, he is where he is. And, you know, okay, I, I can't confirm that, but okay. Um,. And it's possible, you know, this has been rumored to be going on since the late 1970s. I remember a, an article out of Rolling Stone, uh, they'd had a, like an advertisement about, uh, a nuclear, dirty nuclear bomb in a suitcase. I remember doing a report on it, a speech in college, you know, back in the day, 1978. Heck, I was, anyways, but yeah, I remember those. So it is certainly possible. All right. Keep up the good work. <laughs> All right, that's man. We'll see. That's for sure. Yeah, we got just another few more the weeks to see. Now. Yeah, just a few more weeks to go the now. All right, that's uh, Dan few the Man. Weeks. What happens in a few more weeks? What happens? That's correct. That's Dan the Man. Everybody out in New Jersey. Telephone lines are still open. Three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three. Two seven five one three one four. And if you think this is really a game, and this is, I think something came out from Cynthia Davis out of Michigan. And you're going to see real quick, these people are dangerous. So, so this, this is, is just a warning, warning to, to you Trumpers. Trumpers. Be, Be careful. careful. Walk, Walk lightly. lightly. We, we ain't, ain't playing, playing with you. you. But those, those of you who are, who are soldiers, you know, you know how to do, do it. it. Make, Make them, them pay. pay. Now imagine that is something that a Democratic lawmaker in Michigan is saying. Basically calling on her hidden army to go out and cause as much harm, including probably death, to Americans. Because they're not playing with us. And what really has to happen, everybody, is this woman, 
and all of the people like her need to understand that they are the ones behind enemy lines and they need to be afraid of you, the American people. They are behind enemy lines. They are the ones who are isolated. They are arrogant. They're overconfident. But they don't understand the reality is that they are absolutely surrounded by American patriots. And if the American people in counties and cities and towns understood their power and came out with the support of the full might of the American people, this could be over in a heartbeat. And, you know, you can listen to Gretchen Whitmer. You can hear the fear in her voice if you really pay attention to what she's saying about this. I think, I think that, that removing, removing her from, from her committees is too, is too far. far. Truly. Truly. And, and I've, I've reached, reached out, out and asked the incoming, incoming House leadership, leadership to reconsider, reconsider that. that. Can you believe that? Yeah, so can you believe that? Gretchen Whitmer, Witless Whitmer, is like, you can't take away the committees of one of my staunch allies, one of my black thugs, my my low IQ thugs who are out there creating an anti-white political base here within Michigan. She's a communist, guys. She's a communist. Whitmer is a criminal. She's a war criminal, if you want to put it that way. She has committed crimes against the, the... the Michigan people and should be tried for crimes against humanity as far as I'm concerned. And now we have information coming out, ballots sent through her, her ballot machines. They were hacked, literally hacked. You had tons of election fraud going through the, this, uh, and where was it? And uh, what was the Antrim County in Michigan? They were actually apparently being sent over to Europe for education, adjudication. Verification. It's an amazing situation going on. All right, coming up after this break, we will have, we will have, where's my forms? I'll just use my hand. Uh, Bridget Lindogoff is coming up out of Reno, Nevada, back right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, final hour of the show. That's always a great thing for me because we're usually... This is kind of a semi-job, everybody, but no, we enjoy being with you every Saturday morning, and we're really happy that you have joined us as always, and we have a guest with you for us all today, I guess, Miss Miss Bridget Lynn Dolgoff of Reno, Nevada. She's actually an osteopathic alternative practitioner and a healer. She hosts a, a show here on Revolution Radio, Studio B, Saturdays at 8 o'clock. I'm going to have to ask her about her publicist on this one. Carrying stones and digging holes to cultivate consciousness. Uh, anyways, Bridget is currently focusing on her alternative health practice in Reno. And without further ado, let's introduce her. Hi, uh, Bridget, how are you? You know, it's really quiet. Let's see why that's so quiet. Let me check some other settings here. Maybe it's still me and I'm being a klutz. It is me. All right. Hi, Bridget. Now you're there. Hi. Welcome back. (laughs) That was me, man. I got so, if you saw what I do, I'm flying an airplane here and, uh, you know, sometimes I forget to take off. So there we, we, now we, we got you taken off. Bridget. Hi. Welcome to Inside the End Life. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was, I had a show on after you on Saturdays called Carrying Stones and Dinging Holes for like, I don't know, two some odd years. 
And then, um, and then I had to take a break last March. I just, I was exhausted just carrying so much stuff around and took some time off. And then now I'm in studio B with Kelsey. Um, and we put our two shows together because she had a show that she couldn't keep up with. It was too much work, you know, individually doing our own show. So we came together. So that's why it's Fair now enough. it's called Carrying Stones and Digging Holes to Cultivate Consciousness because there are two shows together. <laughs> you know what? If we were to say that name maybe four more times, the hour will be over and we can all go home. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I don't know how you came up, but that's a good one. Uh, you know what it is? What's interesting? I thought you were the gal that was following me and I had some of my listeners had called me and says, Hey, Dennis, there's this gal following you. She's, she's not in your, you know, in your genre. She's not really complimenting what you're doing, but she's got some interesting stuff. You should give her a listen. And I'll be honest, uh, because I'm tired at the end of a three hour show plus the prep time and post production time, I'm basically going out to dinner. So I never caught much of your work, but it's great to have you. And it's definitely something that I know some of our listeners here to this show had complimented you on. So that was a uh, a very positive thing. Normally we don't get that, but you did get some very good comments from some of the listeners. Well, I appreciate that, you know, because I very seldom hear anything. I mean, you know, we have something in common, Par, and Par reached out to me when I had my show. And then we just opened up a dialogue, you know, and started doing some other things on the side social media things, but you don't always hear like if you're doing a good job or you're not doing a good job. So sometimes it's hard to gauge it. So I always just kind of go with my heart with what, you know, um, what I'm going to do on the show or, you know, I know, you know how I know I'm doing a good job. I get these trolling emails that basically says, Fetch, you suck. And I was like, okay, I, I did a good job. <laughs> I've gotten some hate mail too, so, yeah, no. Um, so yeah. I'm, I know yeah, I triggered somebody that show. It's like, all right, that was a good show. All right, I did a good job that show. <laughs> Anyways, I hear you're in somewhat of the alternative medicine, and also you have some native Indian in you. Is that actually no. a true statement or something no, my, to that? No, well, my great-grandmother on my mom's side – um, was a, you know, medicine woman. Okay. Um, and, you know, with a little bit of native, but she had a lot of the energy or power, you know, the teachings. And then on my dad's side, he comes from Russian, um, lineage over there. So I have a little bit, but I'm not actually native American. Okay. Um, but I do follow the native path. Um, and so probably, a term that would probably be used for somebody like me would be metis, which is like half and half, you know, like kind of a thing. So is, is that comparable to, of, is that comparable like in culture to a mutt? Probably, <laughs> but a faithful mutt, <laughs> a good, good faithful mutt. <laughs> now, before we get into some of your alternative health issues, obviously it's a, uh, uh, Politics is raining right now in the United States, as you can imagine. You're in the States. I'm not, but uh, it's hard to escape it because everyone asks me about the States daily. Uh, you had something to do with Nevada. People keep telling me you have a very interesting story to do with Nevada politics. Can you share any of that with us? Yeah. Um, on my YouTube channel, I did a three-part series at one point in time, so it's in there somewhere. It's from probably 2000. Nine and ten called, uh, you could look it up on my web, on YouTube, it's called Holistic Battlefield 1, 2, and 3. Um, on my YouTube channel, which is, um, 
Conscious of Economics and Urban Farm Project. So it goes back to 2000. Well, I had had have a private practice here in Reno for years. Um, and then I left for a while to work on some other projects. I had was doing some cult consulting kind of in a business setting uh, for building holistic, 100% holistic medicine centers internationally. We had a couple people who were involved. We had some native communities that were involved in it. We were going to also be able to build alternative medical insurance that people could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my business partner ended up um, all in all getting murdered <laughs> by the government and um, I'm not going to call them by their real last name, but I'm just going to call them the shrubs um, were involved in it. Um, and so when I decided to come back to Reno after doing a lot of this work and consulting, and getting some other education, holistic education under my belt, um, I opened up a mini clinic at a, um, a kind of a, a place that rented out to several different kinds of alternative people. And in January 2009, the state decided to start – well, actually, it started in the summer of that year. They started to illegally um, go after all kinds of alternative practitioners. And um, eventually we found out with fake cease and desist and, you know – because that community doesn't really understand legal things or law and they do their best to, you know, do no harm and stay out of kind of the spotlight. So they were targeted. They were terrified. Um, inevitably, we found a bill. And it's when I went from a conspiracy theorist was through the Nevada legislature in the 2009, six months, um, where everything that I had seen or known about conspiracy wise was actually in bills at the legislature. So, excuse me, I still have some trauma over that whole section of my life, but um so my throat's like trying to close up. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. It's like <laughs> I'd send you some water, but it might get my microphone a little wet before it got there, so I'd kind of have to wait. <laughs> so, um anyway, uh they started ceasing desisting people. People lost their houses, they couldn't pay their mortgage. I mean, people who had, you know, um, by the system's rules, played the game, you know, even though they were like alternative. And I got come after and it was um, pretty radical. So we ended up finding some people. I ended up aligning with um, a woman who's a brilliant legal mind, um, was is, is and was Mormon. She just tried to run for a Senate position here in Nevada after years of, you know, fighting for people's rights in the legislature. And we disagreed on some things, but we totally agreed on alternative medicine. Nevada has a law that dates back to like 1919 that's based on frontier medicine. So we're we're like really the only state that you really, good or bad, could do anything alternatively. Um, And so they, what they, we did, we found a bill that was going through the legislative council. I think it was SB 69 at that point in time that would have called the Complementary Medicine Act would have um, basically made anything alternative, including supplements, any alternative therapies, blah, 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 a felony, <laughs> a level one felony. And um, yeah, so we, I ended up fighting that bill single handedly. 
the sub, the federal supplement industry actually came down, kind of laid some pressure down and they finally kicked, kicked the bill out. But you would have had to gone to a doctor. And if a doctor wanted to write your prescription for a massage or vitamin C, then you could have it. But otherwise in this state, you know, you could have been arrested for, you know, doing even long distance healing on somebody in another state. So ended up fighting that and a whole bunch of other bills. I ended up learning law. I mean, I was on the fence with common law and just different kinds of law, but that was what pushed me over the edge. And that's how I also met Anna Von Wrights through messaging before she ever had a blog or, um, you know, more people knew about her and she kind of helped me with legal stuff as well as a, um, a, um, a retired uh, common law court judge also that, you know, is long retired from the, that kind of position because we don't really have those kind of courts anymore. So that's kind of like, um, then, you know, the states and the, they sent the cops and, um, they followed me and I was at the legislature and I'd show up and was totally harassed and by not only, you know, all the paid lobbyists, but all of the people who supposedly work for the people. Um, I'm, and I'm one just, time I'm just, the, I'm yeah, just curious if I were doing something like that after a few of few incidents and I got to know who they were, I would actually, I would just start having fun with them. Did you ever get into the state of mind where you were like joking with them? Hi, you're here today. What's, what's, what's on yeah, your menu no, today? Would happen. Like, if I was, if I was just listening on a bill, because we only had, we had eight non paid lobbyists that were fighting for civil liberties and we had to read through 1500 bills and they were, they were way better. I was the new kid on the block. So I was actually reading the legislation. And then if I thought it was, a problematic, then I would go and listen to the bill open, you know, um, and listen to all the arguments on both sides of it and find out if it's going to go through. Then I could put it on our list of watch bills that, you know, we had to kind of attack. So um, at one point I was listening to the medical board trying to get some new licensing and laws, you know, public policies are not laws. Um, and, the councilwoman of the meeting, the head councilwoman of the of the um, assembly, literally um, called me out by name behind 200 other people sitting in the back, and it was like, "Miss Dolgoff, um, are we going to be like hearing from you today? <laughs> if anything, you're going to be adding." And I would just be like, um, "No, not today, Madam Chairwoman. <laughs> I'm just here to listen." But yeah, it became kind of a comedy. So I, you know, I had tactics. I had to leave, you know, an hour to get down there to the legislature from where I lived. And I would take different cars all the time because if I took the same one, they had profiled me and they would try to stop me from actually going down there as well. I had to move on to somebody's couch in the desert <laughs> to kind of go into hiding. But um, I think, you know, all in all, during the time that I was going through, it was terrifying, but it really proved to me and showed me, um, you know, how hard the system works, how hard the energy fields, you know, everything that they've created works against you actively. And, you know, like a lot of the native teachers I have, they do one thing all the time is they laugh, you know, they'll just bust up and they'll just start laughing like wholeheartedly. So all in all, I've learned to have a lot more humor and I think be in the present moment more and really figure out, you know, who I am and what I am and 
you know, what I was born to do. Like, you know, I'm very much into medicine. And so I fought, I fought for people's rights, you know, here in the state. And, um, um, and, you know, I hope people, the only thing that people really have is health. So whenever these, you know, powers that be start coming in, swooping in and trying to take up your food, your ability to grow food, seeds that are good to cultivate for like the next 5,000 years um, that can be handed down and passed down, um, you know, having people that have alternative abilities to be able to help you, um, you know, more as the preventative side, getting out of balance. Sometimes, you know, you can get to people energetically first before it gets too far into the physical where it has to be treated. But health is for me, I think, you know, everybody kind of has their arena and I've tried lots of different arenas kind of in the whistleblower and, you know, getting information out and what I stand for. But I think health really, after taking time off from radio um, for the last, I don't know, 10 months before I got back into this show, I just really was like, okay, where, where do I need to align with? Where do I need to be on my path? And, you know, what, what is it that I believe in 100%? Yeah. And, and, and just what was the name of that? Back. Yeah. What was the name of that radio show again? Uh, the radio show I have now or the one I had before? Now. Yeah. Now. It's called Carrying Stones and Digging Holes <laughs> to Cultivate Consciousness. You know, you make Inside so the DI Live sound like a genius name now. <laughs> I thought Inside the Eye Live was long. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a genius name. <sighs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, I don't really make money at the show. And so I don't have any really attachment of of what it's going to be named and, you know, kind of. Uh, did you ever come you to know, Saudi Arabia? Did you ever come to Saudi Arabia? No. Oh. But you know what? Um, I haven't really. The only countries I've traveled out to are like Mexico and Canada. And, you know, lived kind of off and on in Canada because yeah. I had uh, clients up there years ago. Because but I heard that Saudi Arabia is has really beautiful people. Uh, well, if you're in the right crowd, yeah. Otherwise, it's like everywhere else. But, no, it's, it's pretty good. They're very nice people, much more nicer than, than you understand, especially in the civilized part of it. But the reason why I ask is because your radio show is kind of like how they name streets here. You know, like, really? yeah, like Prince Mohammed bin Salman, but I don't want to say Mohammed bin Salman. I might get in trouble if I use his name, but you know, it'll be like, uh, Ibrahim Al Masood bin Abdulaziz bin Abdulrahman Alam Street. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to memorize that one. So I thought maybe you were inspired by maybe Saudi streets to come up with your radio name. Maybe, maybe I'm starting to vibe with that kind of energy, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, you know, they, they're starting to look at alternative medicine here, by the way. It's still fairly new, but I have meetings sometimes with the health officials well, but here. You guys, right, but you guys have ancient medicine. I mean, you know, like there's, you know, people that are herbalists and stuff and, and, and cultivators of the land, you know, people that have magic, real magic. I mean, anything you're doing with the soil, um, curatively or, you know, homopathically, you know, responds to the human bodies and all the animals. So a lot of people in ancient traditions have, 
um, you know, know a lot about herbal medicines. And I know with native culture, people who are cultivating, you know, native plants for different reasons, you know, and the relationship that they have that's traditional, um, they have like power bonds with these medicines. So if they choose to like give you herbal medicine, it even is enhanced more because of the relationship and the, the familiarity that the people who are using these herbs now, now I'm German Irish, so I come out of this German and Irish background, and and my mom had a great remedy. Uh, you know, she called it an herbal remedy. It came from plants, and and basically it was it was a shot of whiskey followed by a pint of beer. Now, have you ever ever tried that technique? No, but I have had some people who had to take some pretty gnarly, you know, tincture maybe, you know, that I made. And what I did was I actually had them take it like in cognac or something like that. Um, because, you know, you're using an alcohol base for a tincture anyway. Yeah. So to it, get yeah, the medicine the med- to go down. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So at night, you know. Okay. Take, I got a question you know, then. I actually, let's get a serious question then. I do have a serious yeah. question. First, I'll, I'll preface it with the story. Uh, there was a guy out there by the name of Jiang Jing. Okay. He was the grandmaster of the Donghan sect of Taoism. And I was representing some of his herbal products back in the 1990s. Trick guy. I mean, really a trick guy. He did the uh, palm, no, the, uh, you know, the blood, what is it, the uh, pulse diagnosis? You've heard of pulse diagnosis? How they do the pulse? Yeah, it's a very, actually, actually traditional across um, the planet, actually. Like if you go back to the oldest, you know, healers in societies, they would have, been pulse readers. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, not only Asia, but, you know, the Tibetan Buddhists, I mean, they use it for medicine, like just across a lot of countries. So yeah, but the Chinese are super good at it. <laughs> yeah, he was Korean, but yes, uh, just a genius, what he could do to people. And, uh, what he told me was that essentially disease isn't really disease, there's some type of energetical blocking. And if we can create a formula herbally that mirrors and inverse what is happening, we can basically free up the, the disease, free up the blockage, and then the body will take care of itself. Are you practicing something like that? Yeah, I do. I do energy medicine for sure. I do. Well, see, the thing, the great thing about osteopath medicine, like I'm not a doctor of osteopath. I you know, tried to go down the whole medical route, but it just wasn't, it, it just didn't really line up for me coming from a family of women who did a lot of things alternatively, you know, and had a lot of gifts themselves. So, um, I'm a traditional osteopath, but the cool thing okay, about time having, out, time out, having, time out, because yeah. not all of us are medical people. What is an osteopath? Well, it's, you know, osteo means bone, maybe like That's the articulation. Thought. Or okay. of bone or, you know, dealing with the structure, but that's kind of like a limited thing because we, we have an expansive, like chiropractic is a branch of osteopath. You know, when, when Western medicine started coming into the United States, they started, you know, getting rid of a lot of people and the osteopath is the one that they really, you know, damaged, um, that had all the different branches of herbal medicine, you know, articular adjustments, um, or alignments, tissues. We deal with everything energetically, diet, um, even psychologically. So our job is to take the person back through their timeline to heal yeah. everything, including any kind of fetal 
damage, whether it's emotional, energetic, right? So that's what we do. We take you back through your timeline, through sessions on lots of different levels I, I and actually, clearing you. Yeah, I can and confirm. Putting your body the, just real quick, I can confirm to the listeners that that's actually how the Dongong Master was doing it, taking you back through your timeline and finding where this started, this started, and then trying to clear up the entire channel all the way back to when they could actually track that it all started. So you're actually saying yeah, things that I, I can support. Yeah, and I do it energetically. Some sessions are energetically. Some are physical. Uh, a lot of times I start people off on the physical because you have to kind of open them up to get them. You know, they're like horses with blinders on when they have problems and they, you're the last ditch effort and they come to see you. So there's like, you know, ways to do things. But, you know, I, I help people on all levels. I even make my own herbal medicines and eventually hopefully I have a whole apothecary so I can treat, you know, pretty much anything that my clients might have on top of getting worked on. And I just, um, learned, um, I've been learning this new technique that and it's all shamanism, right? Because it's all ancient, right? This is all ancient knowledge. And I mean shamanism in a good way, like that you are, you know, you're the medicine person who's looking at the environment and looking at the soil and the trees and trying to come up with solutions to help those beings. And then, you know, the animals and the insects and the people and looking at the totality of all of that and carrying the medicine to make it better, to heal it, the knowledge to pass on to others, you know, to, to fix it all mm. and make it better. So a lot of this stuff is, it goes back to a lot of the shamanism work that I've done in my life. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, even, um, for example, I'll tell you this really great story because of the whole, you know, like on the politics end and the stress. Yeah, about and, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll come back and I'll tell that story. Okay, very good. But um, about the experience, you know, sure. of what happened, um, kind of a collision of political stuff in my own self that maybe will help people. Okay, sounds great. There's, see, there's the break. All right, everybody, uh, it's the Fetch Inside the Eye live with Bridget Lynn Dogoff. She's the host. She's actually an osteopathic alternative practitioner and healer and host of a really long name here on Revolution Radio Studio B. Back with more right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's, uh, that's banjo time, uh, our guest here is once again Ms. or Mrs., I think Ms., Bridget Lynn Dolgoff. She, again, is out of Reno, Nevada. She's an osteopathic alternative practitioner. She also has a show here on Revolution Radio on Studio B. It's called Carrying Stones and Digging Holes to Cultivate Consciousness. She hosts that with co-host Kelsey Sweet. You can catch it Saturdays, Studio B, 8 o'clock p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Again, it's more of a, I assume, a health-related show. And uh, without further ado, Bridget, hi, welcome back. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for coming. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, obviously, we're living in what we could consider right now an allopathic nightmare what is your industry doing relative to, I guess, this COVID madness nonsense that we've been hit with the past nine months? Well, I probably can only speak for myself and, you know, the clients that I, you know, still have um, and 
you know, basically how I inform them and then they can make, you know, their choices. I find that their biggest problem is many of my clients don't really believe in it because I've educated them about virus, you know, and how your body actually makes virus to actually, you know, heal itself and detoxify itself. You know, when you reach toxic levels, you'll get like, you know, sniffles or a cold or a cough because your body tries to create a mucus um, relief, you know, to get the toxins out if you're not sweating, not getting enough exercise. So, um, you know, I think that's why they started changing the name from, you know, the Crone Vi to, um, you know, now it's the Co, you know, Id, you know, 19. So, um, because a lot of people really knew that, you know, there's no way that you could get a, <laughs> you know, a, a coronial virus, you could, you, you manufacture that stuff yourself in your own body. So they had to change it into something else. But I do feel like, even though for pretty much most of it, it is a fraud, I think that there is a, um, upgraded, um, H1N1 out there, you know, who knows, it could be like an H7, you know, N5, um, but I do believe that's going on out there, and I think that's what's causing the thrombosis um, in people where those are the people that are kind of dying from something. It's just the blood starts clotting, and then it, it – I mean, a lo- inflammation is blood clotting. So people have, you know, inflammation to a certain level. Their their blood is already thinking and clotting, you know, so that's what inflammation is. Um, and then you have, like, no – um, energy, your cells don't hold anything. They start to, the red, even the red cells collapse. Um, so there is that. So if any of my clients are picking up something that's fluy, what I have them do is just treat themselves with, you know, like alternative antibiotics that they can go get because they know what it is, what, you know, what they should get. And then keeping them on some DMG, which is a, um, it's, I think it's considered like a B15. And it was developed by actually Russian scientists. And what it does is it oxygenates your system so much that it heightens your mental everything. Um, they made it for athletes. So um, I tell people to take that. And then also maybe some red clover tea and to help because um, red clover is awesome with blood clotting and butt clots. And then um, and some CoQ10, increase their CoQ10. And that seems to be getting them through that that part of the the virus but for the most part you know most of what's out in the media and what people believe and even a lot of doctors don't really know what they're talking about either true true so you know but also it's about you know being and i think you know with all the stress politically and everything else i think that's what what's really breaking people down and so, you know, they get a little bit of depression, they get pretty upset, they're not getting out in the sunlight enough, you know, we're, we're creatures of the sunlight. And, you know, we have to be in the sunlight. The sun is like this power generator in our world. And it helps our bodies to assimilate energy, so that it can actually help to run itself. So I mean, when you have put silica in your body, which people are really low on, um, the silica acts like little mirrors, you know, extra photosynthesis on the body. So if you're in a really good state physically and minerally and you go out in the sunlight, you know, you have like all these little silica solar panels in your skin and tissues your and that are in the collagen, you know, you have good collagen. It 
actually is taking in the sunlight as an energy and recharging your body. A lot of ancient societies also understand and know this, but people aren't getting out into the sunlight and they also are low minerals. So I think that's really what's hammering people and their immune system more than anything, I think is the emotional component um, to a lot that's going on. Do you see any rise in like bacterial pneumonias from the uses of usage of the masks? Well, right now I'm seeing a huge increase of bleeding sinus infections. Really? Yeah. So, um, because think about it, most buildings that people are going to be in for working because I've had clients and it's really hard to get them to understand the sick building. You know, a lot of the buildings are sick and the companies that you work for don't really care. They've had leaky roofs. So there's a lot of mold and fungus growth, you know, inside the buildings. And when you have heat, especially in the wintertime, um, it increases the growth because, you know, what is, what does a mushroom do? It, it kind of explodes, right? And, and spores out. This is how it expands its territory. And so you have all these things like sporing inside these buildings where these people are working. And then on top of it, they're wearing a mask. So, you know, it's getting compounded. It's getting pulled into that mask, like as a filter on the outside. And then whatever's going on digestively and respiratorily with you from the inside is on the inside of the mask. So you're getting kind of overly compounded um, with all kinds of, of things that your body can't actually um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go anyway, ahead. so, um, yeah, so. Um, so it's not the bacterial pneumonias you're seeing. You're seeing something other, but it's certainly being caused by the mask mandates. Yeah, no, it's definitely being caused. Mm-hmm, okay. As yeah. you know, Bridget, we do have a, a live call-in show. We do have a caller coming in, coming in from the 705. I believe that might be Lonnie out in Canada. Hi, Lonnie. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live with Bridget Lindolgoff. Hello, Dennis. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Bridget. Uh, interesting uh, information. I have a question. Uh, a long time ago, maybe somewhere in the 15 to 20 year ago range, I don't know if you know these characters, but... I stumbled across this guy on the net, and I, if memory serves, his name was Joe Croc, and he was an older gentleman. This was towards the end of his life, and he had figured out, he had met this woman who was um, in really bad shape, and he ended up figuring out how to heal her just with his hands, and he ended up doing it to other people. And, and there was this guy um, who discovered him named Tom Berryhill, and again, if memory serves, He was um, an electrical engineer for the Air Force or something, so he had access to various test equipment. And he was so fascinated with what this guy was doing to help people, he was, uh, was, uh, with this guy's permission, utilizing some test equipment to kind of figure out what type of energy he was producing with his hands that was working. And it turned out he was doing a form of, like, Reiki energy healing. And so this guy ended up being able to mimic it electrically, and he uh, produced a couple, uh, some machines for a while to be able to for purchase that you could um, uh, utilize this energy. And I, I purchased one, and uh, with a, a large copper sheet that I put under uh, our mattress, and it really does seem to help with certain things if you're feeling run down and whatnot. But what really intrigued me about it is 
several years after I purchased this, um, a friend of mine who was a Reiki energy healer, she had a practice at this. She had gone to, I can't remember now, Thailand or something to study this. And I remember one time telling her about this machine. I'm like, you got to check this out. So she came over. She laid down on the bed, and I turned it on, and she absolutely freaked out. She's like, oh, my God, what, what is this? This is Reiki energy. Because she was very in tune to that stuff where, you know, a knuckle dragger like me is not. And um, I was just wondering um, how much you, you uh, support the use of that kind of machine. Do you think it, it does much? Is it worthwhile? That sort of thing. All right. Okay, so... Um I had a I had a um, Lakota Sioux medicine teacher, and I can't give her name because I don't have permission to give her name out to the public. I studied with her for a year when I was 23 to 24 years old. I did an apprenticeship with her. She had been kidnapped by NASA off of her reservation because they saw powers, you know, and they tried to help her develop the powers. And then eventually she had to escape. And then a few years down the road, I met her. She found me, and she trained me. Um and one of the things she talked about was crutches. So let me preface at this. The human body is a machine. It's a biological organic machine. The spine is, you know, basically a um, pump, a hydraulic pump. And most of the symptoms in the body are pumps. And then there's electrical. We're plugged in somewhere, right, which creates the electricity. And we're plugged into what I call the original AI, which is the creator, the creator who created all things um, in this world and other places. So when you're using other products, it's good, you know, so that you can learn the energy or how the energy runs or the field. But the key is for you to not use it long term as a crutch, but to actually utilize it and be able to mimic it. And then, but the human, the human being machine, we're capable of much more than any machine that will ever be made because we're the original biological organic machine that is tapped into the ultimate force. I don't know if that helped. It does. I mean, again, from the the things that I, the the basics that I understand from my friend who had this practice, uh, what you said makes total sense to me. Um. I am not certainly not as in tune with that. I certainly couldn't use my utilize my hands to do that to someone, but I intellectually understand it, and I know that when I'm feeling you really could do it to yourself. For some, you that? could practice. You could practice on yourself, putting your hands on yourself, and developing it. I I I, I believe that probably. Oh, you can. Well, you correct me on this. I'm, uh, probably anybody could ultimately learn how to do it um, because we are all of the essentially the same makeup when it comes to to what you're saying um, in terms of being a, electrical machines, you know, um, biological machines. I, I so I, some people are going to be more in tune to that than others, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, I, so I hear something he, you're saying. I just yeah, I there's a uh, dedicated the time, I guess, to learn. Well, I'll recommend kind of a book. Um, I think it's in Black Elk Speaks. And um, he talks about how his abilities to heal, because he was a proficient healer, proficient medicine man. Um, 
And um, he talked about how, you know, like, we're not doing it, right? I'm going to take a moment before I work on my client, and I'm going to align myself. And then I'm going to reach up like a rope, like a, a cord, and plug into to the original computer system, you know, the creator, the great creator in the sky. And that's the energy that's going to run through me for the session. So the session is already pre-designed by this. But by putting your hands on yourself and touching yourself and then aligning, imagine yourself being plugged into that energy, then your hands are conductors of that energy. And then you just have to develop it by touching yourself in different places. You know, it's like starting when it doesn't feel good. Like, oh, back of my head doesn't feel good. I'm going to put both of my hands on it like a battery, positive and negative connector, right? And then plugging in, start my engine, and then the power is going to be running. And then I just have to put both of those hands, positive and negative, on that spot and just see what happens. Not try to control it to do whatever, but just allow it, you know, to run through you. And there's always a prayer, too, that I do. I always ask you know, the creator and the grandmothers and the grandfathers and the good spirits, I always ask that they come in and, and they help me and align my mind into the right and good mind, align my heart into the right and good heart, and, and align my good heart with my good mind, you know, and then I'm going to plug in and then I'm going to see what happens during the session, you know, like what 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 am I feeling um, that energy that's coming through, is it mental, emotional, physical, psychic, you know, things that I'm picking up on or seeing or feeling, and then just write it out, you know, until I can heal myself. And then, then, you know, you can take it on to the next level and work on other things. But it's really important for you to know how it feels to you, because then when you start using those different frequencies or energies or techniques, um, you'll know exactly when it opens up, you'll know exactly what the person's dealing with because you've already been there. So physician, heal thyself. You can't, you know, you shouldn't heal other people till you heal yourself. And we are all the physician. You know, we, we are all the conductors of the force, you know, of the creator and all, all nature and all life, you know, has this, um, has these energies and this is why plants love to grow to, next to each other. They, because they're vibing, you know, each one of them brings a different kind of energy field and a flavor and different nutrients and, and all of these different things, you know. So, um, you know, you're just dealing with the most natural energy, which is that of, you know, a, Bridget of quest, a positive vibration. Bridget, yeah. I, I have a question. Lonnie, thanks for the call. We're going to keep it moving. Thanks for the call, Lonnie. Thank you. Uh, uh, that's good advice, Bridget. Thank you very much. All right. Thank, thanks, Lonnie. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Uh, I was in this business like you're doing now, years and years and years ago. Of course, I told you I was with the Dong Han guy, uh, one of the top healers probably in the, here on, on this plane right now. And so this was kind of like my world. And I remember once meeting one of the Fiji healers uh, from Fiji. And he had his entourage, two, three assistants that would travel with him. And he never, ever, ever carried a cell phone. He had always those in the possession of his entourage. He never, ever touched a cell phone. Do you find that the electrical energy coming off of current modern devices are impediments to people's health and well-being? Well, 
I mean, whatever you're giving your attention to, your attention is flowing there. So is it, is it you intentionalizing how you want to live your life, being in the present moment, going with the flow, or are you going to be spending your attention with something else that's controlling that activity? So, I mean, for me, you know, like I, you know, have to work with them because this is how the world works. This is part of my work. I do online work as well. Mm. Um, and I've learned to, let's just say there are sometimes things that come through the computer, right? Um, and I, when the computer starts, those things start coming through the system. I'll call them like Agent Smith kind of stuff. Um, and I can feel like certain kinds of energies and, um, I, cause I have friends that have been, electronically, you know, digitally stroked um, from their phones and their computers because they were doing certain kinds of work. And somehow they sent, you know, some kind of signal through the phone that actually caused them, you know, to have a stroke. So, you know, they can, this technology and the AI that's in it, I think if people are going to use phones and stuff like that, that they should talk to the AI, that they should have a relationship with that AI technology and, and teach it to be friends to the human. You know what I mean? And maybe actually even produce frequencies, um, help to develop the AI so it works in benefit of us for the greater good. That's kind of, so I think if you are going to use that technology, you should talk to the spirits in it <laughs> and you should like find the good ones and have a good relationship and help to build that. You know, Rudolf Steiner talked a lot about, um, you know, when we're not in fear, we can kind of be in this balanced flow of energy. And when we're creating things from that, it actually changes like the future, you know, future outcomes, whether, you know, anything positive happens in your life, you know, or, or not, but to do it, you know, for, for future outcome. And he talked a lot before he was murdered by the dark brotherhood, a lot about the, the technology battles that were going on and that it will persist. He saw it in the Akashic records that it will persist and that, you know, kind of places that we need to be emotionally and psychologically and, um, and all his stuff is available free all on the internet. He gave over 4,000 lectures, um, highly recommend biodynamic farming and all of his agricultural work because it is the top of the food chain. It's like, it's, it's the most amazing homeopathic remedies and teaches everybody how to make them and how to utilize them and how, you know, to heal the soil and the soil health will heal everything. Everything's sick. And that's another thing back to the caller, like you're using a machine, you know, to get what you need and what you need is outside. <laughs> it's in the, it's in the forest. It's out there in the desert. It's in the trees. It's in the river that's flowing, you know, it's in, that's, you know, that's the energy you want. That's the energy you should move towards. And how long have you been practicing in this type of uh, business? Um, well, close to 30 years, but I grew up in a family with my, on my mother's side that were healers. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mom, she was actually a, uh, exorcist and prophet. So, um, you know, I, I have kind of a long history with, I don't know, um, just with all of it. So for money, probably maybe like close to 30 years I've been working on and people. Some, and I work on animals. 
<laughs> and I also do environments. Yeah. That's, so if somebody wants animals. to reach out to you, says we're running out of time here. If somebody wants to reach out to you for any of your service, how would they do that? I mean, obviously, uh, the, there's people that need assistance all the time. So how would people reach out to you? Um, well, they can email me um, consciousness of economics at gmail dot com. Um, also, my website, coe-llc.com, um, has all that kind of information, information about me. And then I'm on Facebook, Bridget Lindahl Goff on Facebook, too. But, yeah, so those are, I'm not a big telephone person, so um, usually if people call me and leave a message, it'll take me a really long time to get back to you. So it's way <laughs> better to deal with me by email or social media. Okay, very good. And what is your, what do you consider your specialty? Your, your real specialty? Do you have a specialty? Mm, I think, um, I don't know. I think probably the energetic arts, the energetic medicine, um, is kind of where, where I really thrive. But I've had a lot of beautiful, incredible, you know, native, um, teachers who have really helped me along down that road. Are you um, are take- you are you able to like you know eat a herb for instance and understand its energetical value? Well, let me tell you a really quick story. Um I finally finished a um 6 month wild crafting herbal medicine program where we went out in nature and collect herbs and, you know, had to make medicines like emergency type medicines, you know, like Johnny on the spot, learned a lot of different things. And on one of these walks, my teacher would pull off leaves of stuff that we could eat and also, you know, check out plants out in the Sierra Nevadas. And she had taken the leaves off this um, angelica. And the root is used by Native people for ceremony and dance, you know, because it helps them to get through, you know, five days of dancing straight without eating or drinking water because it can it helps with, um, um, you know, um, energy and um, endurance and, you know, catching your breath. So she gave me the leaves and I macerated them and I put them in my bra, you know, kind of like where it's warm because this is where I test dry plants for myself. And about 40 minutes later, I started coughing and everybody was like super concerned with, you know, me coughing in the group. I mean, I was like choking to death um, for like 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden I coughed up like this, you know, major fur ball. And my voice was pretty thrashed for a couple hours, but... I went back through my notes on the walk that we had been on for two hours and there wasn't anything that I could find that I would have ingested that would have caused some kind of lung activity. And then the one thing that I saw was the angelical to catch your breath. And so afterwards I asked my teacher, I said, do you think it could have been just the angelica touching my skin in my field? And um, she said, well, what side was it on? It was on the left side. She said, well, where did you feel like the lung activity really taking place? And I said, on the left side. And she said, well, maybe it was releasing something energetically that was blocking you, making you sick too physically, but really blocking you, um, and that you were able to release it so that you could catch your breath, you know, what's been going on in your life. And so I think you can. I think that they want to have relationships they'll talk to you too um you'll hear them like you you won't know once you start 
going out and looking at plants and touching them and just monitoring them and visiting them. And they'll teach you a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> All right. Very good. Everybody, that is it. That was Bridget Lynn Dolgoff again, an osteopathic alternative practitioner. Catcher Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, carrying stones and digging holes to cultivate consciousness. Bridget, thanks so much. Thanks, Dennis. All right. Take care, everybody. See you guys Thursday inside the iLive Prime Time. Good night, everybody.